You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. not give up and he stretches himself out on the boy a third time and here's what the record says here's what it says the Lord heard Elijah's cry and God raised the boy from the dead now there's only a handful of people in the Bible that God raised from the dead nevertheless when you see these real life stories that happen it ought to give us hope in the God resurrection. If you believe in the God of the Bible, then you know that he is the God of the resurrection. In today's message, Pastor Danny will share with you about the power of prayer and the power of our God to answer our prayers. Throughout the Bible, there's story after story of God working miracles from the prayers of those who believed that he would and could, even in matters of life and death. And while God may not have physically resurrected us from the dead, he has surely resurrected us from spiritual death. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Romans chapter 15 as he begins his message assisting people in their struggles through prayer. Romans chapter 15. Grab your Bibles. Romans chapter 15. Verse 23 is where we pick it up. But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I've been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I've enjoyed your company for a while. Now, However, I'm on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it. And indeed, they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. So, after I've completed this task and have made sure that they've received this contribution, I'll go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I'll come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. Verse 30, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. Very clear to me, very clear to me. 
what I was supposed to emphasize from the text. And so it's turned into really a topical message, but it's from the text. And here's the key verse. Paul says, join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. It's interesting, the definition of that word struggle, Uh, a forceful or violent effort to get free of restraint or resist attack is to engage in conflict. And then I love the third part of the definition. Struggle can also mean simply to have difficulty handling or coping with something. I've seen God do it time and time and time and time and time and time again, where we don't pick out a scripture related to what's happening in our world. Uh, It just kind of happens as we're going through the Bible and teaching through the Bible that God sometimes just kind of lands us right where we need to be. And that's certainly what's happening with this text. Join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Now, what I want to do is just take us through some examples in Scripture. Some I might ask you to actually look at, but for most of them, I'll just refer to. For example, the first one, I'll just refer to it. You find it in Genesis 18 and 19. Abraham and Lot. Lot is Abraham's nephew. Lot is what we would call in the New Testament uh, context a compromising Christian. Lot has uh, ventured towards Sodom and Gomorrah and especially Sodom. And there's wickedness going on in both those places. And instead of staying clear of the area, he not only gets near, he ends up living in Sodom. He becomes a leader in Sodom if you read the story carefully. New Testament tells us his soul was vexed by the things going on in Sodom. Nevertheless, he he compromised, if you will. He really was in a place he should not have been, in my opinion. We don't know for sure, but I think he got his wife in Sodom. God is going to destroy Sodom, and he does destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He rains uh, fire from heaven down on the cities. He destroys them. Abraham revealed by God because God comes personally to Abraham and tells him what he's going to do to Sodom. Abraham knows his nephew was there. So he prays. And if you read the story, it's, it's, it's a little bit humorous how it goes because Abraham says, Lord, it wouldn't be right for you. You're God. You wouldn't be right for you to destroy the wicked uh, and the righteous together. You wouldn't destroy the righteous, righteous with the wicked. So if you find 50, 50 righteous people in Sodom, would you stay your hand of judgment? And God says, yes, if I find 50, I will. Abraham starts to think, well, maybe Lot hasn't been that influential in Sodom. Maybe he hasn't reached that many people with his faith. (laughs) And so Abraham then says, Lord, how about 40? And God says, okay, if I find 40, I won't destroy it. And then he thinks and he goes back to the Lord. Oh, forgive me, Lord, but let him one more time. If you find 30, God says, okay, 30. And he takes it down to 20. Okay, 20. Okay, Lord, forgive me, but one more prayer. If you find 10, God says, okay, if I find 10. Well, he didn't find 10. 
But in response to Abraham's intercession for Lot, God sends angels and literally, literally drags Lot out of his house. Get out of here. If you know the story, his wife, because God says, don't you look back, don't look back. And you weren't to look back. And his wife looked back, which did she come from Sodom? She looked back. She turns into a pillar of salt. But Lot and his two daughters are rescued. Now, some might say, well, God, God would have rescued Lot even if Abraham wouldn't have prayed. Then what's the purpose of the prayer? You're going to tell me, that, well, that would have happened just like it happened anyway if Abraham hadn't prayed. Then what's the purpose of the prayer? No, I believe, I believe Lot would have died. Now, according to the New Testament, I believe he'd end up in heaven, but he died prematurely. That intercession made a difference. The stories in the Old Testament, the stories in the Bible are amazing. Moses, what a What a character. What a character. Moses made terrible mistakes, but God finally, when he was finally humbled after 40 years on the backside of the desert, Moses goes in obedience to the Lord to be the human agent representing God to deliver the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt and all the plagues that came on Egypt. And it's just amazing when you read the stories. For example, in Exodus chapter 8, when God sends the frogs, the frogs all over Egypt, and then Pharaoh Initially, he says, okay, I'll do what God says. You know, I'll let the people go. And he ended up changing his mind again and again and again. But initially, when he says, okay, then Moses goes back to God. And if you read the story in Exodus 8, verses 12 and 13, Moses goes back to God and says, okay, Lord, okay, Lord, would you remove the frogs? And here's what it says. The Lord listened to Moses and did what Moses asked. Pharaoh hardens his heart. God sends flies. Same chapter. Pharaoh initially again says, okay, okay, I'll do it. And then Moses goes back to God. Okay, Lord, take the flies away. And it says, God listened to Moses and did what he asked. It's incredible. Thunder, hail. And this time in chapter 9 of Exodus, verse 33, Moses now goes back, and this time it doesn't even mention him saying anything. He just lifts his hands to heaven. And when he lifts his hands to heaven, the thunder and the hail stop. I wrote in my notes, 1 Timothy 2.8, I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer. Moses repeatedly prayed for the people of Israel when God was going to destroy them because they're so stiff-necked, they're, they're so quick and prone to go back to idolatry and the things of Egypt, and he prays for them. If you would, if you can find Deuteronomy, look at this one. In Deuteronomy chapter 9, listen to the record. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 18, then once again, Moses says, I fell prostrate before the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. I ate no bread, drank no water because of all the sin you had committed. 
doing what was evil in the Lord's sight and so arousing his anger. I feared the anger and wrath of the Lord, for he was angry enough with you to destroy you. But again, the Lord listened to me. Don't you find that fascinating? And the Lord was angry enough with Aaron, Moses' brother, to destroy him. But at that time, I prayed for Aaron too. And God stayed his hand because Moses prayed. Stories like this, just incredible. Moses' successor, Joshua. You go to the book of Joshua, chapter 10. Enemies everywhere Israel is, is headed, you know, and the people out to get them. And they're in a battle. These kings ally together, bring their armies against Israel. Verse 12, Joshua 10. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon and you moon over the valley of Agilon. He's praying for daylight to continue so they can continue the fight and win against the enemies that are fighting against them. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There's never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being, listened to a man. Where'd Joshua learn that from? From Moses. He learned how to pray. You read the stories of the prophet Elijah, the prophet Elisha. I don't have time to go into all of those. God sends Elijah to a widow of Zarephath. She's going to make her last meal and die and her son with her. And so she's given up hope. You talk about, you talk about a struggle in life. And God sends Elijah to her, but God also sends the widow to Elijah. God says, I've commanded a widow to provide for you. And the widow responds in faith to the word of the Lord, and God provides for her and her son. They survived their most difficult struggle in life. And then if you continue to read the story, then her son, after this miraculous deliverance and provision, the son gets sick. And dies. That's got to be confusing. Why would you deliver them and provide for them? And then this tragic thing happened in life. But sometimes you don't understand the struggles. And Elijah stretches himself out on the dead boy. And the first time he does it, nothing happens. And then he stretches himself out on him a second time. It's kind of weird, but that's what he does. That's what he feels led to do. And nothing happens the second time. He will not give up. And he stretches himself out on the boy a third time. And here's what the record says. Here's what it says. The Lord heard Elijah's cry. And God raised the boy from the dead. Now, there's only a handful of people in the Bible that God raised from the dead. Nevertheless, when you see these real-life stories that happen, it ought to give us hope in the God 
of resurrection. Elijah's successor is Elisha. Elisha goes to another woman in distress. You talk about a struggle in life. The Shunammite. Her son. First of all, she and her husband are too old to have kids, but she wants a kid terribly. She's been so gracious, her and her husband, to the prophet in his ministry. They are well-to-do, and whenever he comes that way, he has a place to stay. They provide a place for him. And Elisha says to his servant, these people have been so good to us. What, what do they need? What could we pray to them? What could we pray to God for, for God to do for them? And the servant says, well, you know, they have no children. They would really like to have a child. And Elisha goes back and says, this time next year when I come through, you're going to be pregnant. Oh, don't deceive me. Don't say that. It's going to happen. And it happened. And then her son gets sick and dies. And Elisha prays, and he won't give up. And God listened to him. Where did he learn that from? He learned it from his master. He learned it from Elijah. He learned how to pray. In Luke chapter 22, <laughs> the record of Jesus to Peter. Oh, I just love Peter. I, I just love Peter. The dude's got a size 13 triple E foot, and he's always getting it in his mouth. And he's, you know, he's so impetuous. He's so impulsive. He made so many mistakes, and yet he's one of God's choice disciples. He would become a tremendous leader, still imperfect, but a tremendous leader. And let me tell you, in the struggles of life, in the struggles of life, and we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the darkness and the rulers of the darkness. Let me tell you what Satan wants. He wants men like Peter and he wants to take them down. And there in Luke chapter 22, the record goes like this. Jesus says to Peter, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. He wants at you. He wants to take you down. But I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you. That prayer made a difference. It made a difference. It did not keep Peter from failing, but it kept him from falling beyond recovery. Prayed for you. And when you've turned back, when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. If you know the story, Peter, Peter denied even being a Christian, denied even knowing Christ. I mean, you talk about a failure. I mean, he began to curse. To try to prove that he wasn't a follower of Jesus. You know, he's cursing. <laughs> and Jesus had told him, and before the cock crows, three times you'll deny. Three times you'll deny me before the cock crowed. The cock crowed, and all of a sudden the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Why such conviction? Because Jesus prayed for him. Jesus prayed for him. And such conviction, the Bible tells us, Peter went out and wept bitterly. Tears of repentance. 
That prayer made a difference. Prayer makes a difference in people's struggles, in people's life challenges. makes a difference. Let me go back to the prophet Elijah for a minute. Oh, what a, what a fascinating story. James in the New Testament tells us about Elijah. And here's what he says in chapter 5, verse 17. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. Another translation says that Elijah was a man just like us. <laughs> he didn't have some special Holy Spirit juice. You know, he, he was a man just like you, just like me, human being. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It didn't rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed. And the heavens gave rain. And the earth produced its crops. But he was a man. Just like us. The verse before that, you know what it says? Here's the verse before that. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. In other translations, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person is powerful. Powerful. You, what a privilege. <laughs> what a privilege. What an amazing privilege. Now let me take you back to the text for just a moment in Romans chapter 15. Because there are a couple of things I just want to note. They are important. Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle to praying to God for me. What does he mean by our Lord Jesus Christ? I have little doubt, and you can write down Luke chapter 5, verse 16. The verse before that says that Jesus' ministry was such that people were so demanding of his time. Crowds of people following him. Crowds of people wanting to get at him. But, from verse 15, lots of people demanding his time. But, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places where he prayed. That was the key to his life. That was the key to his ministry. He knew how to pray. By our Lord Jesus Christ, he's our ultimate example. You say, well, he's God. He's a human being. He's God come in the flesh. He shows us the way. Just like these other examples in the Scripture, but he's the ultimate example. Prayer was the key to his life and his ministry. By our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit. You go back to Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, and here's what God tells us here. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what we ought to pray for. You ever come to those times you just don't know how to pray? But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Sometimes the groan. The Spirit takes that, and God interprets the groan. You don't know how to verbalize it. You're in distress because of some struggle. Somebody in your life, it's your child, it's your mom, it's your dad, it's your brother, it's your sister, it's somebody. And all you can get out is a groan. The Spirit takes that groan and interprets it 
to the throne of God. Thanks for joining us today to study the Book of Romans here on The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges. You can hear this message again or more of Pastor Danny's teachings at our website, ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on the latest videos. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or would simply like to talk with us, feel free to send us an email. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you when you send us that email. If you're in or near the St. Petersburg area, we would be happy to meet you in person. We invite you to join us for our weekly church services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Check out our website for service times and all the information you need to join us. In addition to our in-person services, we also live stream each service. So don't let distance hold you back from worshiping with us this weekend. Find out more on our website. Once again, that's ccfstpete.church. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in again next time as Pastor Danny continues to teach through the book of Romans right here on The Living Word.